tatting, a form of lace-making, was on an international, seriously endangered craft list until a couple of years ago. Its rejuvenation is credited to the worldwide COVID lockdowns when people had time to learn and make handicrafts. Fiona Sharp learnt how to tat as a child in the 1950s. She's never looked back. Her work will be on show at the upcoming Wellington Heritage Crafts and Vintage Retro Fair. We have photographs of some of her intricate work on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash Stanley Fiona, welcome to the programme. Thank you very much, Lynn. In terms of lace-making techniques, and there are a few of them, what is tatting? Tatting is a form of lace that is comprised totally of knots, Uh, just literally hundreds and hundreds of knots in any single piece of work. It's nothing else but. It's worked with a shuttle or sometimes with a needle. Some, Some tatters prefer to use a long special needle of an appropriate thickness for the their tatting. Personally, I prefer the shuttle. I have that in my right hand and I have a a chain around my neck with a very fine book on it. Those are my tools. Uh, you sent me a brief history of tatting, which I really enjoyed, so I'll get you to share it with the listeners. How much do we know about when it started? It seems to have started, the, the earliest references I can find to it, uh, about the end of the 18th century, towards the last quarter of the 18th century. And at that stage, what it was normally used for was trim for baby clothes or if you were in a very wealthy household, the, the bed linen, table linen could be edged with tatted lace. It was a form of lace that was easily made and not costing a fortune, but would look very striking. Because everything had to be covered, didn't it, in the, in the um, Queen Victoria's time? Yes. <laughs> we couldn't have anything naked. Queen Victoria came along, yes. <laughs> you, you had to be have everything decent. You had even wrapped your table legs so that they weren't couldn't have legs showing. Goodness me. But by that time, uh, one of the favourite things that was being worked with were uh, tatted doilies to go on tables anywhere. Uh, Personally, to me, doilies are dust catchers, but that's just me. I know a lot of people love making them and they can be very, very pretty. I've got to say, I was at I was at a um, I was at a craft sale um, just before Christmas last year, and I think I'm very sure the doilies are one of the first things to sell out. So they're they're, they're certainly in fashion or back in fashion. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps it's the fact that I only have two rooms that I don't don't make a lot of of uh, tattered doilies. Well, they well, take quite a long time to make uh, to to do the really beautiful ones, and some of the patterns that are out there these days are absolutely stunning. But um, it does take quite a long time to do that. Uh, so they would be reasonably pricey, I would have thought. Oh, yes, not cheap. Um, but I want to come back to, I mean, actually, let's talk about it now. This um, reappreciation of the handmade, that these sort of objects that you and others, craftspeople are making, these traditional crafts, it takes yes. time. You know, it's not mass manufactured. They are all individual. And are you finding, as someone who's been tatting now for you know, well over 50 years, over 60 years. Do you think that there is, a, uh, people are coming back to this and, and appreciating that and, and prepared to pay a bit more? I, it's a very mixed reaction. You do, I do find that on occasion, if I've been, had work on display, people have said, well, no, they look at me actually tatting and say, but nobody does that anymore, as if it's quite a ridiculous thing to do. 
people for a long time, they would say, no, I'm not going to pay that. It's handmade. It only takes you five minutes. But of course, it doesn't. Uh, to make, for example, a pair of baby shoes, I can work for about three hours in a day. I'm That's more than plenty to do. And that'll take me at least a week to make a pair of baby shoes. And people expect me to almost give them away. And I think, no, I'm not going to. So I don't overcharge. I, I charge what I think is a reasonable figure. And in fact, personally, I don't charge for my time as much as this is a donation for my beloved guide dog service, which I've worked with for many years. So everything that I make on my tatting is donated to guide dogs. How did you learn the skills? I mean, often when I'm talking to the current generation of, of craftspeople, they've gone onto YouTube and learned that way. And they're producing fantastic work, but that wasn't available, what, 40 or so years ago uh, when you started out. So how did, how did you get, get the skills? Because I don't think it was handed down to you and your family. It wasn't, no. In fact, my mother used to look at me and say, if you hadn't been born and if I hadn't been born in her own bed in her own home, she would have thought I was a changeling because of my craft interests. But I love, do love crafts. But I've been a crafter of one kind or another since I was a young woman. Uh, tatting came to me rather later than some of the others. But uh, having seen it as a child and loved it, but then I found a leaflet with instructions of how to do things uh, in a secondhand bookshop. And it had a shuttle and a hook pinned onto the front of, of the booklet. So I bought it and I taught myself from that. I've been told since that I work the tatting wrongly. In fact, I don't. I just use my own method of holding the, the work, uh, which is how I interpreted the instructions. That's so Other rude. Other people do it differently. That, that's so rude to tell well, you you do it wrong. So. Yeah. I, I thought it so, especially when we laid our work side by side and somebody else couldn't tell who'd done which. So uh, it, There's it's a bit of snobbery in the tatting brigade there, Fiona. It's no good. Hey, look, I want to share, I had a lovely text come in I want to share with you from a listener. It says, my grandmother was taught to tat by another patient when they were uh, in Green Lane's TB ward during World War II. Yes. I have a beautifully yes. framed piece on the wall and others in a drawer. Um, so people do still um, enjoy them. The, the um, This issue of tatting may be going well out of fashion a couple of years ago. Was it, was it actually COVID that has seen the popularity of tatting? And I know you're a member of several Facebook groups uh, and your numbers yes. have exploded by the sound of things. They have. In one particular group, we've gone from around 7,000 members uh, say four years ago, we've now got over 23,000 members worldwide on that one site. So that's a huge explosion. And the bulk of those new members have come over the last couple of years, which makes me think there really has to be a, a link to people being stuck at home because of COVID and trying to think of something to do, looking at something like YouTube and thinking, hang on a minute, let me have a go at that. And it's not just tatting that's taken off. Other crafts have done likewise. Knitting, crochet, embroidery, all these things seem to have expanded over the last couple of years. Well, I'm, I'm a knitter, actually, uh, and I'm delighted that people have come to it because 
all of these skills are fabulous. They take time. I think they're mindful too, to be perfectly honest, unless you drop a stitch in my case or two. Um, for for uh, the craft fair coming up, Fiona, you mentioned before baby yes. shoes. What are you what are you making for the fair? And why are events like this important? Because there's, there's a whole lot of traditional crafts going to be on show, and the makers there also giving advice. Yes, that's right. We've got apart from the tatting, we've got. Bob and Lace makers will be there, spinners, weavers, and there's a lot of uh, vintage um, crafts being available uh, on show and for for sale also. And a lot of things made from vintage materials by Retrotonic, the company Retrotonic. So that's going to be really interesting. And there'll be a huge variety of stuff on display. What I've got on, what I'll be putting on display is everything from bookmarks, um, decorated masks, uh, the, the, the masks that we've all been wearing. I've chosen to decorate with, with things like butterflies or a blue and gold heart to support Ukraine or anything of the, anything kind, anything smallish that could go onto your cheek on a mask. And cause a lot of interest and made people smile. And that was a big thing in COVID to make somebody smile. So all that sort of thing I'm doing with a lot of bookmarks, other small items like that. There'll be some baby shoes on on display there. Uh, One thing that will be on display but is not for sale is a stole that I made myself uh, a few years ago. And that took me eight months to make and has something like a quarter of a million knots in it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no wonder it's not for sale. Fiona, thank you so much. It's been a delight to talk to you. Uh, Fiona's tatting will be on show at the Wellington Heritage Crafts and Vintage Retro Fair at the Seatoon Village Hall in Te Whanganui Wellington on the 30th of October. It's going to be quite the day.